Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So I feel like I've been picking on Stallone a lot lately. You know that? With, uh, you have been. Two movies? <laughs> you have been. And somebody pointed out that apparently what you don't like is Stallone movies that begin with the letter D. So there's a side note. We should just kind of well, see yeah. how many of those there have been I mean, if you hate all of them. I like yeah. Expendables. I like all the Rocky movies. There's no D uh-huh. in those. I Yeah, that's... <laughs> It didn't occur to me. I thought, oh, oh no. It's terrible. Second movie of his I hate. But I, I like Stallone. I, I do. Uh-huh. I think it's interesting. You're starting the podcast on that. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the extra movie of his that you hate. We really, really ought to try to focus this away from, from Stallone films and the things that relate to cars. Can we do that maybe? Sure. I, I suppose we can. We've got uh, a car uh-huh. debate to talk about from uh, Michael. He's actually in Alberta, Canada, writing to mm-hmm. us. with. Uh, he's got an in. From his father, who works for Audi, yep. which means he could get a discount on Audi and VW products. But he's got quite a story here about just kind yep. of getting into outdoor sports, and so we're going to debate what that. What he needs, for him. yeah. This, this will be and fun. I've got, I've got a serious wild card for Michael. I'm excited oh, you do? to get down to it. I, okay. I was just thinking Ooh. about things, and I went, "What about this weird one that I've never even re- gotten close to recommending before?" I'm excited to talk about that later. Ooh. But you know, what we should talk about prior. Yeah, we forgot to bring this up again last time. And if if you're sick about hearing it, I'm sorry. We're going to keep talking about these things until they happen because it's a big, exciting thing for us. And that is the Everyday Driver Adventures. We've got yes. people signing up for the big pilgrimage trip. It's really exciting. Long-term viewer of the show, Richard in England, actually wrote a great review of the pilgrimage piece. Just wrote us a really nice personal note this I week. I just saw that. That's about, fantastic. Yeah, I'm, Thank I'm you, I'm glad. It was, a really, yeah, it was a really cool note from Richard. He's followed the show for a long time. He talked about how much he liked the film. And he and many others, thankfully, have seen that film and said, I want to take that trip. We are doing that trip. And we're doing it even better than the way we took the film. Uh, obviously, doing a trip like that is not cheap. Uh, so we're setting it up as cheaply as we can for you, and we are going to go with you, and it'll be really cool. Twelve drivers. We've got a few signed up already. Uh, we've got people writing in from literally all over the world asking for more info. First 12 that sign up are going. We are excited. End of September. It's going to be amazing. If you're even vaguely interested and capable, we could not encourage you more. Yeah, agreed. And so you can find all the information at everydaydriver.com. Click the Adventures tab, and you're going to see the Pilgrimage Adventure, uh, all the details. Please give us your name or your email, and, and we'll send you even more stuff. Um, yep. We'll be putting together an FAQ. Burying you in info, for sure. Yes. Yeah, yes, sending yes. that out. And then keep scrolling. Chicago Track Day is coming up August 22nd, 2016. That is at the Autobahn Country Club just outside Chicago. And we've actually ran into quite a few people who have actually been on track and yep. love it. Yep. They've said it's great. And that is in conjunction with Sean Young at Laps Incorporated. So thanks to him. Please sign up. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, all the info on there. So the Adventures and tab has both both things underneath. Uh, that underneath Chicago that. thing is going to be cool, honestly. The more, yeah, the more yeah. we start talking about it, more, the cooler it sounds, honestly, even to us. It's $275 for uh, access to about three, four sessions, three or four sessions uh, uh, on the track. They will have different levels. If you are a beginner 
come. There is a beginner Agreed. level. Agreed. And that includes instruction. It includes track walk around information about how to handle corners. This is a really straightforward, safe way to get your car and yourself on track and get that experience. We're going to be all over that day. We're going to be on track a little bit shooting. We're going to be walking around and talking with people. We want, we'd love for everybody to come. If you, if you don't want to come just for the track day and get on track, Bring your car. Let's do cars and coffee in the parking lot. We're going to be walking around there. We're talking about how to do a podcast live on the day. Talk to the sponsors that are there. Talk to you guys. We're hoping to do that. Uh, maybe we'll take uh, car debate recommendations from the audience. I, I, I'm literally throwing stuff be, out as I think be of it fun, because actually. I'm not sure how we're going to do a live podcast, but we're planning to do one there, which will be really cool. We have the gear for it, so that'll work. So we just got to figure all that out. It's going to be a very busy day, but we're genuinely excited. That is a Monday, but it's an all-day thing. We have the track. Sean's being great with us, and if you sign up now, you do get a discount. Look for the discount code on our website. You can go for that $275. In fact, I should say this. Have we said this? Hmm. Sean is extending that Everyday Driver discount to any of his events all summer, which is even cooler, by the way. Yeah. But we definitely encourage you. I mean, he's got that. events all the way through October. But uh, that, that August 22nd event is the one we're really targeting. That's the one we'll be at. And uh, many of you guys have already signed up. But if you're in the Chicago kind of vague area, close enough you could drive there for that event, we would love to see you. Love to meet you and just get on track. Let's do that. Yeah. And to your point, I hope we haven't come across as this is for track junkies and really experienced drivers because it really is supposed to be revelatory. And if you have the vaguest interest in tracking your car or getting yeah, on track yeah. and learning about you know a driving event, high-performance driving event, then this is for you. So we definitely want you to, to investigate that. And yeah, send us questions. Happy to help you out. Uh, I'm also looking at uh, Laps Incorporated. Sean's got a schedule for both June and July. He's got events where that price will mm -hmm. be good. Mm -hmm. He will honor that price as well. But August 22nd yes. is the day we will be there. And uh, as Todd said, yeah, bring your cars. Just come on out and uh, and hang yeah, out with us. And there are, you'll see through the sign-up process, there is beginner, intermediate, and advanced. I mean, if you've done track days before, certainly there will be sessions for you as well. But we just very much want to encourage you. We know first-time track, uh, first track days can be daunting. This is set up to, to ease you in, so that's uh, something to keep in mind. Yep. So we've got a lot of Facebook questions that we have not gotten to on prior podcasts, mm -hmm. which uh, we have decided to address on this one. But before we do that, we've got Michael in Alberta, mm -hmm. Canada. And I, I really like this because it's so different. And I thought this would stretch us not just for being a different automotive market uh, for our friends in Canada, but also because he's not looking for something that really falls into the category of what we look for all the time, sports car or True. autocross True. or that kind of thing. He's got a different story here, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's 29. He got his first car at 18, so a 98 Honda Civic Si with lots and lots of miles, lots of kilometers now. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of feeling like it's going to leave him stranded, which it might. I mean, Hondas are not impervious. They require maintenance, you know, every decade or so. You have to put some oil in the engine. It has an engine. <laughs> every decade or so, the Honda goes, excuse me, over here, little help, please. Every decade, the oil light you, comes on. But it has been a decade. <laughs> I'd like a, just a little bit of love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, timing belt actually needs to be done on those cars. Anyway, so uh, he has had a lot of life changes. He's got a wife. He's got a dog. He's into sports, but now it's sports, outdoor stuff with his wife and friends. 
So the uh-huh. stuff he's listing here, he's mountain biking and snowboarding, hockey, he's getting into camping and hiking. They just got a dog, so he wants to do trips to dog shows. And it's outdoor stuff. So nowhere yeah. on his list is twisty roads or autocrossing or anything like that. Did you notice that? I did notice that. I also noticed this other problem. Michael, and I will say this because many of the sports are into, I'm into as well. What's basically happened is you've just added things in your life that need space and have lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. You've added a wife. Well, there's more stuff. You've added a dog. <laughs> what is and that? I don't care how well I don't care how well you strap that dog in. It's just they're just difficult to travel with. They just need space. And then all the dog stuff. But then mountain biking, snowboarding, hockey, camping, this is the kind of stuff that all the gear is large. It's yeah. just yeah. there's lots of large gear. It's not like, "Oh, that'll fit easily." You know, you didn't decide to take up bowling where it's just the one ball. You've got a lot of stuff to haul. So, <laughs> this really has become a situation of, I mean, you you're up for getting you you've talked about you're up for getting winter tires, so you're not that worried about, you know, what are the drive wheels, you're up for getting roof racks and stuff. So, bravo to you there. That really will be helpful. But I also want to say this, just because you're not asking for fun, you did come to us. We're going to try to get you into something that is fun to drive. And you are coming out of a Civic SI. It's not like the base Civic that's just worried about gas mileage. I mean, I still want to get you something you just like, but clearly you need an upgrade as well. So I've got a couple things to recommend, and then I've got a total wild card in this scenario. But keep going, Paul. Really, really. Well, here's this twist that I mentioned right at the top of the podcast here is that his father works for Audi. So that means Mm -hmm. he can get a discount, discount on Audi and VW products. And he's been researching for two years. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of people research for two minutes and then they go buy what they want. (laughs) And you've been going for two years, going to Consumer Reports, the wirecutter.com looks like here. And I I think you're sort of, you know, paralysis by analysis right now. You're you're just- Absolutely, yeah. So what, what do I get? I, you know, this could work, but what about this over here? And so- Michael's price point here is thirty thousand Canadian. I don't. I didn't check the exchange rate this time around. I usually do, but uh, I think it's still on parity with the U.S. dollar right now, a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he's saying, "Yeah, roof racks. I can buy racks if I need to get more stuff. Maybe you can tow a trailer." Just kidding. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, thirty thousand for something that will squeeze all these sports into his life now, which which is what he's and, doing. And clearly, we're looking for an upgrade. I mean, he talks about being a designer. He'd like something stylish. He loves. He'd like to have a car that's good with technology. You're going for something recent that really upgrades you. And the one thing that I have to laugh about here, Michael, is you make, make the comment where, and it sounds like this may have held you back from buying something to this point. Uh, Michael's got this this SI, but he has a $3,500 sound system in his SI, and he's feeling like whatever I upgrade to, the sound system's going to be a bummer. Well, I have to say two things to you. First off, um, unfortunately, a sound system is one of those upgrades you will never get your money back out of it. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry to yeah. say it. It's just that's money spent. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. But let me say this good news to you. When you go from a cheaper car to a more expensive car, there's better sound deadening. There's better sound acoustics. So while I'm not pretending yeah. that if you step up in quality of car, it will sound like your $3,500 system. I'm not pretending that. It's still going to sound a lot better than just a Civic sound system or what you might expect because better sound deadening, all that kind of thing. So uh, I just think you're going to have to let that reality go. I realize you like it. Maybe you'll upgrade the, the system in your new car, but that's something you're just going to have to bite the bullet and be like, bummer. 
Uh, now, could you take some of that out and put it in the new car? Maybe. But then you're talking about hacking up the vehicle you're selling to put stuff in the new vehicle you just got. I, I, my, my advice to you is it's a bummer. Let it go. Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but okay. We're, but we're upgrading, which is cool. So where did you go on this? Actually, I should also acknowledge you, you were good, Michael, in sending us things you're looking at. The Kia Soul, which Paul has talked up many times. The Mazda 3, which we have talked up many times. Mm-hmm. The Mazda CX-5, which we kind of can't talk about five-seat SUVs without bringing up that car. Right. And then the two uh, usual suspects, obvious suspects here, the Subaru Impreza. That's not the WRX you're talking about. And the Volkswagen Golf Sport Wagon, which is a cool little wagon. Those are the top five you're already looking at and inspired me a little bit. So I want to talk this through. Hmm. I, yeah. Uh... Hmm. All I could think about were muddy paws all over the inside of the car <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, just stuff everywhere. And, you know, when you're doing sports and you come back to the car or you're, you know, it's part of the road trip, stuff just goes everywhere. So you want something that's going to be yep. kind of, well, not impervious, but, you know, it's going to kind of take the abuse a little bit. And you you mentioned something here about, yeah, he did come to us as far as, you know, what should I get? My... My um, my thought here, and by that I mean you're implying something fun to drive, sporty, fun to drive, yeah. at least marginally we well yeah. handling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I was thinking about all these sports, and it's a difficult category to put in, you know, something like this. Unless you go wagon or more car like, I'm thinking actually mm-hmm. more space and less fun to drive. Fun to drive, I say that, but you know, less tracking through corners and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. just because of the nature of, of what else you want. Unless you're going for a Porsche Macan, I mean, that car kind of <laughs> would check all the boxes, but it's double or nearly yeah. triple what you're willing to pay here or able to Paul, pay. Paul found out, out a way to bring so, Porsche into the conversation. I know everyone like listening is astounded, <laughs> but know. there it was. There you're it just happened. And, and, it, and if this is a Porsche-related drinking game, you're going to be on the floor <laughs> in moments. So brace yourself. Yeah, go on. Well, so um, I'm thinking in that size, too. And I like the suggestions you gave us here. I actually really came down to one, and there's many reasons for that. Interesting. So okay. I'm All very, right. very specific, and I'm even more specific about the model of this, the, the right. or I guess the trim level of the model, I should say. Wow, okay, that that is drilling down. Keep going. It's, it's very, very specific. And again, because of the price point, because you're want, what you're wanting, you're a designer, so you want uh-huh. something that's uh-huh. stylish. And then the technology part, that's got to come into play. Again, I wish McCann's were less, but they're not, but okay. Everyone wishes they were less, but this is part of the problem with Porsche. Yeah, keep going. By the way, there's a guy in my neighborhood who's an English guy. We'll call him Bill. And he, mm-hmm. it, it's amazing having a Cayman in the driveway and I'm out there washing it to nobody's surprise. And he rides by on uh-huh. his bike and tries to convince me that the McCann is the best car ever. I, I mean, he's preaching to the choir over here. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep talking. <sighs> anyway, so I, uh, I come back to this dilemma here. And yes, I want something that's, you know, fun, at least on a canyon road. But I just don't know... I don't know how close we're going to get to that. And so I let that kind of die okay. a little bit. Okay. All right. All right. So I got very specific. Went shopping for you, Michael. And here's what I landed on. All this right. is This car is the 2014 to 2016 Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk. So very specific okay. with the trim level. 
And you did. You did go specific. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's funny because this car came on the market, whatever, two, three years ago, and I mm-hmm. hated it. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. And then I saw more of them and I went, okay, so that's quite a departure for Jeep. The Italians are influencing everything now. The, the, and then I've the seen winking more more. headlight things, yeah. Yeah. And then I see them more and more, and then I see the Trailhawk, and actually a neighbor down the street here owns one, and it keeps mm-hmm. turning my head as it drives by because stylistically, I could you could say it's a love or hate kind of thing. And I think it is, yeah. You know, Michael, you could throw that out. You could throw out my, my um, suggestion immediately, but I'm going to do my best to sell you a car here. So Uh-oh. <laughs> here's the deal. I went shopping. Okay. I found a, a certified 2016, so pretty new, only 10,000 miles, 30 yeah. grand, right at 30,000, at least U.S. And this thing okay. is fully loaded. I mean, Jeeps are, and, and all of FCA's vehicles right now, they've got the Uconnect system, which is just yeah, which tech is overload. And as far as, yeah, it is. as far as the, the tech interface, it's got to be up there as far as one of the better interfaces in it cars It is, actually. Now. You're right. You're just right. Easy to use, and you get you feel like you get a lot for your money because it's got everything: mm-hmm. Pandora, t- yeah, you name the radio, the way you want to connect your music, nav, everything on there. Large screen, intuitive, easy to figure yeah. out. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is surprising that Chrysler Jeep, who you would not expect—I hate to say this—you would not expect. I feel like, based on their history, to be on the forefront of a technology like that, and many luxury automakers are behind them on a system that just a works and b makes sense. Right. Yeah. 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 They're they're up there. I totally agree with you on that. So I thought, okay, tech. There's some style here, and again, love it or yeah. hate it, but that Trailhawk version has changed it for me because it's got some beefier fender arches. the The wheel and tire package is better. It sits a little taller. It's a little bit more muscular than just a regular Cherokee. I think it looks yeah a bit neutered without the Trailhawk package. It it kind of uh, amped it up a, enough for me. And I went. I agree that the Trailhawk helped. I have to still say I think that thing is abysmally ugly. I cannot get past it. Well, but if I, he's going to shop there, what I, about the Renegade? As a, as a he should look at that on the same lot. I think Renegade he should look at both of them. And those are thirty grand brand new as well. But here's a little mm-hmm. bit bigger, uh, cheap yeah. with the two point four. So he's he's got True. a little bit more power yeah. here, and maybe more space for all the stuff. Now again, I I could go both ways on the looks of this thing. But the Trailhawk package has mm. made me go, that's not terrible. I'm kind of <laughs> digging it. And I love when we kind of back our way into a compliment. <laughs> well, it's not terrible. Hey, it's got if red painted had... tow hooks. I mean, what if, could if... possibly go wrong? Yay! <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and as we teased on the Renegade, it, it has to new adventures around the uh, the, the key, yes, which I does. just want to I want to I want to hurt someone. I really do <laughs> that they went as far as to cast that around the, the button. That's somebody in a marketing meeting who went, I'm going to lunch. It's like, you can't go to lunch fast enough. Stop it with those ideas. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. All right. Well, you know, and and so I come back to this car and I think this would fit the bill for everything you're listing. It would. Except it would. for a fun drive up a canyon. It wouldn't be bad. I'm sure it'd be just yeah. fine, just about like any other car. But it's not going to be the pleasurable, you know, fun, sporty driving experience. So maybe the McCann is the best car on the planet. 
Stop it. Stop it. Okay, Staring you're drinking. You're, you're falling out of your chair right now. <laughs> um, well, I, w- I want to speak to his list of five, and then I want to go with a couple of them that, that struck me, uh, and, and including a, a really oddball wild card. Right. But, you know, you brought up the Kia Soul, which Paul has talked about driving that on a few occasions. It is better than you think it is. Uh, but if you're going to go to Kia Soul, I do think, yeah, may as well do uh, Paul's recommendations of the Cherokee and also look at the Renegade as a cross shop there on the Jeep lot. I think yeah. that's worth it. Yeah. The great thing about the Jeep brand in general, both in mystique and actually in material choices, if you got that muddied or dog-covered or whatever, you're going to be like, whatever. Let's just clean it up and move on. It's exactly not going to stress right. you out too much. You're exactly. just There's a headspace that comes with that brand. It's the funniest thing. The headspace that comes with that brand where you're just like, eh, it's a Jeep. You know, We'll hose yeah. it out. Even if you shouldn't hose it out, you're going to have that thought. <laughs> I am going to say to you as a dog owner, get something to tether your, your dog in the car so it doesn't just run around everywhere and always carry towels. You think, oh, it's dry out. They won't get muddy. Yes, they will. They will get money. Uh, so so just, just keep that in mind. In fact, just this evening, I went for a hike. My son wanted to go for a hike. My wife had the Cayenne, which means, think this through, it's me, my son, the dog, and the FRS. So I oh. put him in the passenger side. Have you ever side. done this before? I dropped, I've never done this before. I dropped oh. the rear seat. So the dog got to stand on the platform of the rear seat, and I tethered her to one of the actual seat post hooks that, that now is revealed when you okay. lower the seat. Right, right. So she didn't have anywhere to go. And we went on a hike. It was great. We drove out there. We got out. Everybody fit. It was no big deal. She didn't find too much mud. I did carry a towel. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So that's – I would highly recommend just those realities. Definitely figure out a way to tether your dog to the car and and also always carry a towel. You did say Mazda 3. You can't go wrong with the Mazda 3. I just have to say it. I mean – Period. You can't go wrong with it. If the CX-5 is more to your liking because of the, the SUV size, it's the same chassis. It's, it's excellent. In that, yeah. in that world, yeah. excellent. Subaru Impreza, <clears throat> you want the WRX. That's the truth. <laughs> but it doesn't come in the wagon. This is the problem. Right. And, and, and the problem is if you want to go base Impreza, meaning not the WRX, whichever way you trick it out, you also want the manual transmission. Because the CVT combined with the base Impreza there's just nothing fun about that car. Capable, affordable, reliable, not fun. So well, that's right. the problem with that car. Right, right. Um, and that's the, that's why I chose the Jeep here because it has a genuine nine-speed. It's actual gears. It's not a CVT. Sure. Because in this sure, sure. category, I, all the Nissans and all those cars, yeah. CVT, and we've got to just – I don't really like that nine-speed, if I'm honest, but it is at least not a CVT. I do take your point there. Right, but right. the truth of it is, speaking specifically about the Impreza, the Subaru lineup, it's just the the CVT takes away the last little bit of hope that Impreza had to be fun to drive, and the manual brings a little bit of it back. You know, uh, it crushes the, the last little bit of soul out of you, and then the seriously, manual the back. Volkswagen Golf Sport Wagon that's just a cool that's just a cool little car. It is. I'm gonna it say is. because you have a hookup at Audi VW, I'm gonna feel a lot more confident about you buying one, especially buying a used one, because if you need it worked on, you're gonna get a deal on that. So I think that's that's good. So that led me to my two recommendations. All right. When I read all this, I thought, all right, what I take from Michael is you want more space and let's get you upgraded. Let's upgrade you in, you know, Paul, you went rugged, which I totally get. But I went, let's go a little classier. Let's get something in the wagon shape that could be fun to drive. Okay. And almost trading out the expensive sound system for just a better place to be. A Macan? Uh, now that means you're going to have to be care- – uh, no, stop it. Oh. That that does mean you're going to have to be more careful with things like the dog. But I also thought about, okay, you're, you're carrying some kind of longer, taller stuff now, so let's get you a larger wagon. I do like that sport wagon idea, but what about a used 
Audi Allroad. Ooh, interesting. You Although, could find one for your money. Go used. Find one for your money. You could get it serviced. You could get it well checked out. Have your father use his connections. Make sure that's good. It's a larger car than that Volkswagen Sport Wagon. I think it's a more interesting car. So you're saying we the like A4 that, all road, right? The A4 all road, exactly. Okay, the more so recent newer. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think dynamically, we like that generation of the. Uh, we like the last couple of generations of the A4 dynamically. The the higher you get up the totem pole, the more fun they are to drive. They can be a little bland to drive, but interesting. That's not my wild card, but that's one that I really thought of because of Michael's situation and his Audi connections. Why not take a serious look there? True. I'm just concerned about the interior being too precious for what he's going to be doing to it. Because those are Maybe. fantastic interiors. I just... They are. Uh, you know, he's going to be kind of beating on him with yeah. hockey sticks and snowboards and dog and mud and that kind he, of stuff. He is. And I know that's why you went Jeep. But I will also submit yeah. to you, my friend, that you are more precious about your interiors than most. True. And so, True. you know, and and you and, and to your credit, when you sell cars, the interior is in as good or in some cases inexplicably better shape than when you bought the car. <laughs> I don't know how you take interiors back in time, but you have that capability. Uh, I don't. I, 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 I take good care of my cars. And guess what? The interiors age like normal. You put them in like a time machine and take them backwards. So he I has a dog. As he, I'm driving. Just kidding. It's 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 kind of <laughs> shocking, honestly. So, um, Yeah. Like I say, certified Paul owned. But um, but here's the thing: I, just buy a car and use it is my is my demeanor here. I want to get you into something that feels a little bit like classier and cooler and upgrade, and you you know you can feel like if it was a nice night out, you can take this car and it's great. And if you want to go snowboarding, take it anyway. That's my my feeling on the car. So all cool. That's why I go all road. Cool. I like that. That's but not bad. but then I have a serious wild card. All right. And it kind of takes a rabbit trail, but follow me. You're a Honda guy. I want you in a bigger wagon. The Acura TSX Sport Wagon. Rare beast. Rare a beast. Rare beast, but it gets it gets weirder. This is based on the European Accord. This is a car that's going to have surprisingly good dynamics. You're going to be genuinely surprised by it. A lot more space than your Civic. A lot nicer place to be than your Civic. Acura has always been kind of a front runner with their navigation system. The navigation system's excellent. Their technology is really good. It's a Honda. It's just going to run. If you really want to go crazy, look for one with the six speed. Best of luck to you on finding that. But they are out there. Even if you get the automatic, this is a car that I think you would just like. It would feel like an upgrade. It would just run. But here's the twist. Okay. Pretty sure in the research I did, they were not sold in Canada. So that means you've got to shop them in the U.S. and take it to Canada. Now, I did find, the Internet is crazy, I did find plenty of people that have done exactly this. The TSX was sold in Canada. The TSX wagon was not. So from a maintenance standpoint and a registry standpoint, you shouldn't have a problem. It's not like you're bringing in a car that Canada is not aware of. You're bringing in a variation. So you come down to the U.S., you buy a used one, you drive it back to Canada, you can get it serviced up there. It will be a unique beast. They are interesting looking. They will be dynamically good. I'm way out in the weeds, I know. I've got you changing to the U.S. and buying a car that didn't even sell you guys. I get it. <laughs> but I, I know. I'm, I'm seriously into wild card territory. But I'm going to say Acura TSX The idea wagon. is solid. I want you in that. The idea is solid. The logistics are hairy. But the idea yeah. is is got some good ground to stand on there. 
I told you I saw one in Park City. It was black. Yeah. Six speed. They're went, cool. Oh, yeah. I forgot about they're, this car. They're just cool. And dynamically, I think that would be more fun than the Audi All-Road to drive. And it would Probably do everything so. else you need. Were those all-wheel drive? Or do you know? Did you? Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure they were just front-wheel drive. I think there was an all-wheel drive variation. But I, I don't believe, and again, somebody may correct me, I don't believe they brought the all-wheel drive variation to the U.S. Because they didn't sell them for very long, too. It might have been just one no, model was, year, actually. It was it was two or three years, but it was a was tiny, it? tiny amount of them. Yeah, because yeah. I think it was like... I think it was like 2012 to 2014 or something like that. I okay. may get it wrong here. Okay. But, but I was looking, and, and you can find options in the U.S. To give you frame of reference, Michael, you can find options in the U.S. from 19 to about 25 or 26,000 U.S. So that puts it in your world budget-wise. And I, I say look around at least. Interesting. I mean, you're, you're touching on the wagon thing, and I've got this secret wagon fetish, which you're sort of – But here's the the non-secret. When you become a car journalist, apparently they inject something into your body, and at some point you just wake up and go, I think wagons are cool. All car journalists (laughs) just have a thing for wagons. We just get to a place where we're like, wait a minute, it's dynamic, and I can throw huge things in the back? Where do I get one? That just happens. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, you're not alone in that. I mean, uh, yeah. That's funny. I even read on Autoblog ex- today, this, they're, they're rumoring to be a Buick Regal wagon coming. And I went, a Buick Regal? Well, maybe I'm open to it. Huh. I'll read more. Well, that, that, that's mm. what happens it is, is you hear about some <laughs> model and you think, I really want one. And, and, then, and then like better thoughts come up. Like I'll give you a great example. The CTSV wagon, six-speed, I want one so badly, and it makes no sense. It, I, yeah. it makes no sense for me whatsoever. <laughs> you want nothing about my life is what you want. And what I, and nothing, I mean, when you think about what I really like in a car, small, light, uh, not that powerful, but really tiny. What am I doing interested in a CTSV wagon? What, that is the exact uh, – that, that makes as much sense as me getting a Ford Raptor, which I also sit in and go, I want one of these. But that CTSV just kind of haunts me. So this is that wagon thing that happens to journalists. It's but weird. I'm trying to give you the disease. I'm trying to give you the disease, Michael, and, and that's where I'm going to leave you. This is funny. Gosh. Uh, good, good recommendation. So is that your, is that it? Is that your wild card? Yeah, I'm done. I, I, I wow. the all road, I think is a serious contender that's not on his list. I okay. wanted to cover his list so he knew our thoughts, but the, the, the all road is a serious contender, not on his list. And because of the Audi hookup, you got to look, but look at that TSX because I think you'll be surprised. Interesting. Michael, this is uh, good choices here. I mean, yeah, I went Jeep just because, you know, the the utility side oh, of it. I see how you got there. I see the how space, you got there. We, but... You and I totally went different places tonight, mm-hmm. and that's kind of cool. So uh, speaking of random places, well, let's go to the Facebook questions, of which we didn't ask for new ones, but there were still tons from the last two or three times we've asked. Thank you guys for responding to that. And we also recorded this a little bit early in the week, so it's one of the reasons we also didn't ask for more. Uh, But happy Friday to you if you're listening to this on the day it came out. I have four that I wrote down that are recent. I'm not sure how many you grabbed. Oh, I grabbed a bunch here. But as a follow-up from the the prior podcast, Jim, J.J. Goldbond, so at J.J. Goldbond on Twitter, just sent (laughs) us a tweet here. My jaw hit the floor because it didn't occur to me that people would have Carfax accounts that they can just run run stuff on. It didn't even occur to me to ask uh-huh. for that. And he did. Remember yeah. we were talking about that flat six license plate, the crumpled license plate <laughs> that you and I found last year yep. in the weeds? Yep. And, you know, yep. of course, endless jokes about that. 
He found the car. He found uh-huh. it on Carfax. It is a 1995 911 Carrera in black, and here it is. Reported damage as of November 2015. Accident reported involving a rear impact with another motor vehicle. Estimated damage exceeds $1,000. Well, if you rip your license plate yeah. off too, it's going to be more than $1,000. However, but I have to say there's a mystery here. Yeah. And, and kudos on finding this car. I mean, this that's a, crazy. That means it's a nine nine. It means it's a nine nine three. Last of the naturally aspirated. Mm-hmm. It means it's a nine nine three nine eleven. That's probably a car that is only increasing in value. But here's where this becomes kind of like a Sherlock Holmes mystery. That wreck. Kudos on you for finding this. It just makes yeah, me laugh. This is so that funny. wreck is reported in November of last year. Well, when we found that license plate was when we were shooting that '82 Celica, Devin's car, one of our early fast blasts. That was shot last summer, probably around July of 2015. Right. So either you wiped your license plate against the rock wall in July <laughs> and decided to, to to claim it as an accident in November, or you didn't bother to claim it then and then either got in an accident or decided, you know, came up in November. But it was six months prior that we found that license plate. So that's a weird mystery about it. But that's clearly the car, which is hysterical. And yeah, late uh, late in the air-cooled world, your engine's out the back. Uh, look out, hairpin. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty awesome. We could dry, draw a dotted line with our eyes from the exit so track out the exit off the apex. <laughs> You're right. Draw a straight dotted line, and that's where you would find the license plate right off the road. That's not yeah. a rear end with another vehicle. That's oversteer, no, it's baby. Not. That's no, 911 it's not. oversteer. It's, so it's uh oh. Guess what? The 911 <laughs> just did what the 911 is known for. I didn't do this corner right. Yeah, I'm shocked. So kudos, Jim. That is hilarious and. <laughs> Yes, if you're listening and uh, you have a 1995 black 911, we have your license plate. We have your crumpled old license tag. So, And I'm going to say, if you are that person, have you seen 50 Years of the 911? Yes. The film on Porsches that we made here in the Salt Lake area because you would the, the roads that you actually wiped your license plate off on are in that film. <laughs> so that would be what I would say to you. So that please join us road. for the 50 Years of the 911 film. And it will all come crashing in and all connect. So that would be awesome. <laughs> crashing. I love it. All right. Yes. So um, jumping into Facebook questions, what do you got? What did you, uh, you pick out from our last round here? Well, uh, Blake Swan, who's written to us before, uh, he had a question that I actually wanted to connect to a friend of ours, Paul, that, that we talked with recently that has a bunch of boys. He was making the comment that uh, you know the automotive press, us included, have talked about how younger generations, millennials, etc., have don't like cars, don't want to get into cars, aren't interested in cars. You know, they're more more interested only in tech. And he's essentially saying, is that true or is the problem? Here he's saying, I am that generation. Is the problem just that cars have become more expensive and insurance is insane? So we may be interested, we just can't buy in. Mm-hmm. He's asking, which of the two is true? And I'm going to say to you, by not, it's going to sound like I'm not answering the question, but follow me through. I'm going to say to you both, because first off, we've reached a place where, I mean, I think about my son. He has, I mean, he's seven, obviously, but I think about my son. His entire life, there's been YouTube, there's been iPhones. He just, the level of technology that he just expects from the world is astounding. Yeah. So (laughs) cars are requiring, and and the smartphone and all this kind of stuff is requiring cars to lean more and more on tech and talk to anybody that wants to sell you a car and see, don't do this because you'll want to hurt yourself. So please actually don't do this. But I'm just saying, theoretically, how long would they talk about a car if you walked up to them before they got to anything about the dynamics? 
how many tech features would they discuss? Because that's all anybody's yeah. selling anymore. Yeah. So that is a reality. But I'm going to say to you, yes, it's crazy expensive. And I, I want you to hop in here, Paul. But then I want to tell the story about Greg and what he just found out about his son that has just started driving as far as expenses are concerned. Yeah, this is just crazy. Blake, you'll, you'll be intrigued by this story. But uh, along with the lines of what Todd's saying, I'm going to say both as well. But here's my thought. I uh, was doing a lot of European travel last year, and I really mm -hmm. enjoyed picking up the newspaper at my hotel and just reading about news elsewhere in the world and found this article on the French car manufacturers who last year, as of 2015, were experiencing quite a downturn in sales. And the article had a lot to do with the younger generation not being interested in buying new cars simply because of living in cities, being in urban mm -hmm. environments, mm -hmm. and the yeah. proliferation of Uber and Lyft and all the car sharing and ride sharing services. Uh, gosh, I was in Berlin, Germany last year and um, trying to think of the one car sharing program. It escapes me right now. But it's uh, you, you uh, have the iPhone app and you're, you're standing next to, say, a smart car punch in your code and it will unlock mm -hmm. the car and you rent it and then you can leave it yeah. at another station or whatever. And yeah. the proliferation right. of these services, it's more of a pay by use. It's the Airbnb mm -hmm. model of applied to everything in your life. And you live in an yeah. urban environment, whether it's Chicago, yeah. New York, San Francisco, or Berlin or Stuttgart or, you know, France, well, wherever you are. And I'll, I'll, um, jump, I'll jump to the U.S., New York or San Francisco. You don't want to pay for parking. And you don't want to try right. to figure out how to park your car. In those worlds, you need – I mean, my, my sister lived in New York for a while. Yeah. And she didn't have a car. But every now and then, two or three times a year, she would go to like the nearest Costco. Because she lived on the island of Manhattan. Wherever the nearest Costco was, I forget. She would rent a car for the weekend. You know, and she would just rent it to go do that run and do all the stock up things and then wipe. You know, you jo joke about giving the keys back. You're glad a car is gone. That was her demeanor because she didn't want to park it. She didn't want to hassle of it. If you're in those worlds, it's getting harder and harder for a car to make sense in that kind of environment. And, yeah, you're right. Ride sharing is killing it even further. Mm -hmm. I'm reading about car-free households are becoming a thing in San Francisco and growing since the year 2000. Mm -hmm. And now the yeah. city actually looking at paying you up to a hundred bucks a month to not own a car. That floors huh. me. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the reality of living in a city like that. But I mean, True. back to these, True. this article in Europe, French manufacturers were going, all right, we need to completely rethink our product lineup and our model lineup and who we're targeting. And so, yes, I, I, I say, not just because they care about tech, but because they are used to the sharing. And yeah. part of that is yeah. tech. You just use your phone to call up a ride or unlock a car or whatever it is. You're used to having a car only when you need it and not paying for the privilege otherwise. There is a, definitely a growing reality of that. I also want to say that on your, your comment here, Blake, yes, it is inordinately expensive, sadly. When you're, when you're, especially when you are a single male under the age of 25, Insurance companies see you coming. But having said that, you know, when I, and, and this stat may be wrong, but I remember when I lived in L.A., the stat was that a 16-year-old driver in Los Angeles had a 50% chance of getting in a wreck in their first year. So one in two chance. Take two 16-year-olds, one of them—I'm sorry, I know I'm beating this to death, but I want to make sure it lands. Take two 16-year-olds randomly, both driving, one of them got in a wreck in their first year. 
So insurance is exorbitant yeah. for Los Angeles new drivers. And a friend of ours named Greg has four boys. His oldest just started driving. <laughs> Can't believe I'm that. I'm sure he'd be fine with me telling this story. But <laughs> I'll, use, I'll use rough numbers. But he and his wife have a couple of cars and their home insurance. Right. And that bill... All combined is about two hundred and fifty bucks a month for both cars and their and their uh, their stuff insurance. Okay, <laughs> he contacted his insurance agent to add their eldest son, who just started driving, to their monthly insurance bill. And the the insurance agent came to him all happy with congratulations. I have a great quote for you, and he thought thought awesome. And he had to have them repeat it. They told him <laughs> they were going to have to add three hundred and fifty dollars a month to their current $250 a month bill just because of adding him. <laughs> just for him. So Yeah, he told me that. Not, I mean, my jaw hit the floor. I just... I'm, I'm still trying to process that absurdity. Uh, so this, I mean, obviously this is a unique experience because it's Los Angeles. It's not that way everywhere. But you, it speaks to the larger problem here, Blake, and that is under 25, single male, you're just, yeah, you're getting screwed. I hate to say it. And so that's one of the reasons why you kind of have to to get older just to start buying fun stuff because you can't afford the insurance. We've talked about that before. Cars that guys just out of college could afford, but you can't afford the insurance. That is certainly an issue. Um, I think all of it right. is, is a factor, but I feel like culturally it's much more that cars are less interesting than it is the cost of them. I think the cost is a factor, but I think we're starting to use cars like we use everything else. I only want it when I need it. And I mean, it's the on-demand model. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's becoming more common. And so therefore, it's not just tech in your life. It's younger generation working for tech companies. Now, where are those tech companies mm -hmm. located? In these urban oh, that's environments. An point. So you're yeah, in yeah, yeah. New York, you're in Chicago, yeah. you're in you know, name worldwide cities where there is a proliferation of tech firms and you're going to find bicycles. Is less relevant. You're going to yeah. find yeah. a lot of walking and a lot of underground good. transit. It's the reality. Yeah, good public transit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it makes it the car less relevant. I hate to say it, but well, yeah. it's, it's the joke I keep making. Eventually you and I are making the equivalent of horse fancy videos. It's just <laughs> yeah. what we do is going to be more and more niche and finally become somebody's hobby. I mean, it's a good thing that this podcast is rated under games and hobbies because we are headed that way. We certainly are. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I feel that way too. Well, uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, for those of you who are enthusiasts, we have Mario Suera uh, asking about recommendations for high-performance driving schools in Southern California. So obviously yeah, yeah. this is for you know folks who are into the track driving, very seriously into cars. And uh, again, asking for you know, ways to learn better car control, faster driving for the mm -hmm, track. Mm -hmm. And so I looked up three. There are a proliferation. I mean, we could even go Jim Hall out in Ventura. That's more karting. But the, you know, that's where you go to really learn the basics and fine tune and hone your skills. Yeah, yeah. But for real cars, I'll start with Danny McKeever's Fast Lane School. He operates mm -hmm. out of the Willow Springs uh, track. And Danny, I'm reading his bio here. He's been instructing longer than I've been alive. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guy is unbelievable hot shoe. And actually, his son, Dan McKeever, uh, operates yep. the Ford Performance Racing School out of Utah Motorsports Campus here in Salt Lake. We so were, they, We were just out there yeah. meeting with Dan. It's crazy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, both, uh, you know, runs in the family there. So 
uh, Danny, uh, the the senior, he actually is the guy that instructs all the celebrities for the Long Beach Grand Prix Celebrity Pro-Am race. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so you see all those prepped cars. They're now the FRSs. And uh, it's Danny that instructs. And so he's got a track or he's got the uh, the school at the Willow Springs track. Two more yep. here that are unknown to us, but we're familiar with the tracks. First of all is Buttonwillow. There's a performance driving clinic there where you can either bring your car or get on, you know, use their own cars. Uh, just mm-hmm. go to the website for, for information. And then finally, Spring Mountain Motorsports. And they're actually more of a motor resort and a country they club. They are, yeah. They yeah, are yeah. Uh, 55 miles west of Las Vegas, so still close mm-hmm. to Southern California area. And this track, from we Todd and I have never been there, but um, Ron Fellows operates his racing school out of there. Uh, are they still doing has, vets? Yeah, he's actually got the new C7 oh, Owners Corvette cool. Owners School. Yeah, 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 that's I mean, cool. The track yeah. looks amazing. The facility is gorgeous. It's out in the desert, but they've got performance driving schools. They do the SCCA uh, licensing. They do private mm-hmm. instruction, mm-hmm. the Corvette yeah, School, yeah. of course. But uh, check out those, Mario, and uh, those should actually get you started. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to go to Spring Mountain and check that out. That track just looks gorgeous. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, I would say there's there's two sides of this equation, Mario, and that is you could go somewhere and you'll end up paying more money, but you could go somewhere and you get into somebody's, you know, track-prepped cars, use their tires, use their gas. That's really cool because it's very instructional and you just kind of come away revolutionized. If you wind up in a school where you use your own car, though, that can really show you that your car is, I don't care what it is, I don't care what it is, far more capable than you ever imagined. And if you wind up taking your own car to one of these schools, I will say this to you, at some point, do a couple track laps in your car with an instructor driving because mm-hmm. you will be boggled. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the most bland car on the road is far more capable than the average driver realizes. So uh, you can get that. That in and of itself is an instruction thing. I will also say, if you can't do a full school, find a club that is doing a high-performance driving day. Mm. See if they have instructors coming mm. because you can sometimes go to those high-performance driving days for cheaper and get instruction while you're there. I mean, that's the thing we're doing for our adventure out in Chicago. You can do those kind of things. It's not as involved as your instruction would be, obviously, from taking an actual school. And we'd love for you to take a school. But if you can't do that, even some instruction time on a high-performance driving day at cheaper is going to be helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that'll uh, be a good place to get you started, get you thinking about that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, be curious to know uh, if you end up going. If you go to Spring Mountain, let us know. We're curious to... Hear how that goes for you. So um, both, uh, all, all three of those are good places to, uh, to start out. Definitely. So. Definitely. Uh, James Dyer wrote us and said he feels like sometimes car guys, and it almost sound, sounds like one of those kind of car bar fights, car guys get too over-analytical and can talk themselves or a friend out of a really interesting car because of some little flaw, some little niggly little thing. And, you know, do we see that as a problem and what's the solve? And I would say, and he actually compares it to, don't we do this about women? She's awesome except for the one little thing. Of course we do that. We do it about women. We do it about cars. (laughs) Does it make sense? Of course it doesn't. It It is pretty much a thing you do with your friends sitting around with drinks and you're passing the time and you get into a heated argument and you and you really realize uh, this is pointless. Or at least I realize it's pointless. Maybe that's just because I'm the only one not drinking. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing is here, though, 
Can you get too over-analytical? Yes. And we drive so many things. Sometimes people come down on us for, well, you guys are just picking on it. The thing is, most cars now, by and large, are pretty good. It's not like we're in the 1970s and you're just jumping in all kinds of cars that are abysmal. I mean, we're not. We're not in that era. You know what I mean? So the, the general level of cars is pretty good. You have to get into tiny little minutia to start separating cars out. But I would also say this. We've said it before, and it couldn't be more true. There is no perfect car. I don't care what car you think is unbelievably amazing. There's something about it where you could be like, yeah, but there's this thing. And I'm going to submit to you, whoever you fall in love with is exactly the same. They're awesome, but there are a couple of things that if you step back and you get really honest, you're like, yeah, I don't like that thing about it. I've been married a long time. I love my wife dearly. Could I tell you things about her that aren't perfect? Of course I could. Could. But you know what? She could say the same about me. We're making it work anyway because, you know, by and large, things are great. Mm -hmm. And that's true of a car you really fall in love with. If, if you can make excuses for cars because you love them. It is that ridiculous adage of you can't explain love. There will always be something. And if you can't find it, your friend will. So the thing is, what what are the car? Once you get into a range of good cars dynamically, I'll give you two. Last podcast we talked about the GT three hundred and fifty versus the Z twenty eight. Which one's the better car? Right. I don't know. Drive them both. Which one do you prefer? I could list pros and cons of both right now off the top of my head. Which one wins? How much of a bar fight do we want to have? Right. Right. That's great great commentary. And I'll just give you a personal example. I mean, my new Cayman, you know, we've identified the hydraulic steering on the prior Cayman, just brilliant. And would we better. like to see that on my car? Yeah, I hate to admit it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then I come mm -hmm. back to, oh my gosh, it's a Cayman GTS. Are you kidding me? Are you, Are we going to nitpick? I mean, she's got yeah. hammer toes, but look, she's beautiful. Really? You're going <laughs> to, you know, it's a Seinfeld episode. Are we really going to go there? I mean, okay, yeah. so she has bunions. Well, okay. And, well, but here's the thing. Back to your GTS, though. Steering is one of the things that you and I go on and on and on about as being so darn important, okay? <laughs> and right. yet, neither one of us would get out of your GTS and be like, take that car away. <laughs> no. Right. It's, it's a thing where we can identify a place where it should be better, and you know what? It's still so awesome, we just don't care. Yep. We're fully aware of yep. that problem, quote unquote, and yet the car's still brilliant. So move on. Right, right. So come back to the the thing that your friends are wanting a car to do, or they want to track it, or they're just wanting a fun, mm -hmm. hot hatch canyon experience kind of thing. Well, then just land on that. Sure, we could nitpick endlessly. Well, it's unrefined and the interior's yeah. just plasticky and junk. Who cares? That's not what I'm buying yeah. it for. And then fall in love with your car and just love it. So ultimately, yeah, that's what you have to do. But here we are being over-analytical about the over-analyticalness of the whole well, thing. Well, I'm, I'm confused. We should, we should desperately try to move on. What else do you have? <laughs> uh, Robert Hopkins actually asked in Pilgrimage, so the very beginning of the scene of the film in Pilgrimage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Todd brought over his PS4 with his Logitech wheel to my house and we filmed it here at my house. And uh, I, yeah, he's asking about you know showing that scene, driving it home. That was, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> Todd's system at my house with a wheel. And he's asking, what's our favorite game slash you know, gaming system for track driving? And what's mm -hmm. the wheel pedal setup to use? 
Robert, I don't have a system. I go to Todd's house and we drive. Uh, I'd yeah. actually really like to get a system, to be honest. But uh, yeah, with um, <clears throat> buying a new car is um, <clears throat> taking a... <laughs> You bought you bought the real car instead of the gaming system. <laughs> well, I did. And I have to acknowledge that that in pilgrimage was PS3 and GT6 actually. Oh, that's with true. The that's actual true. Right. branded GT6 wheel. Uh, I've since upgraded to P- PS4, and of course GT6 is not on PS4, even though Gran Turismo is apparently finally coming out with a version later this year. Uh, you know, what you're asking, I feel like, is okay. Should it be Gran Turismo? Should it be? Uh, uh, what is it, Project Cars, which is the one that's on PS4 right now, should it mm-hmm. be Forza? I'm going to submit to you, which one can you get into? Which system do you have? Because there's there's iRacing, there's a set of Corsa. If you've got like PC-based stuff, there's iRacing and a set of Corsa, both of which are supposed to be phenomenal. I've only played either one of them briefly. I would say get the the best, most realistic setup you can that you can afford and works with systems you already have. I know that is a non-answer, but how much money do you want to spend? You know what I mean? I mean, you can go nuts. I have a Logitech. Right. No, not a Logitech. I have a uh, a Thrustmaster 150 wheel. It was like 200 bucks. But the big Thrustmaster wheel is like 400 bucks. It's as much as the PS4 system. I just sure. couldn't stomach that. Yeah. And... You know, I like the Gran Turismo system, the Gran Turismo game, because I felt like I plugged the wheel into Gran Turismo and the wheel felt, for a game, about right. The Project Cars has got so many settings, you get yourself lost in settings, and you're like, how do I make this wheel feel halfway decent? There are those people that will set up a gaming system just to see how fast can I go in the game. They don't care if it feels real at all. I hate that. I would like the gaming system to kind of feel like a car. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. it doesn't. I know it really yeah. isn't. It really but I want doesn't. it to feel more like a car than what is the fastest thing in the game. I, d- I don't care what my online ranking is. It's going to be low. I, ha- I have a life that is so busy <laughs> that when I get 10 minutes to drive the game, I will place nowhere in the grand scheme of the ranking. I don't care. Project Cars is cool. I actually like the dynamics in Project Cars. Uh, I always liked Gran Turismo, but it's the granddaddy. Forza is awesome if you're on Xbox. Um yeah, I think it's really what's the system that you can afford and want to put money into. I mean, I'd love to have the big three-screen system, you know, where you've got one in front of you and two oh, on the sides yeah. and a big chair. That'd be great. Where does that go? Uh, <laughs> and where does the money come from yeah. to build that system? I, I don't have it. Yeah, not even the garage. I mean, yeah, jeez. Yeah. Where do you put it? Well, uh, interesting. I've actually heard some rumors, Robert, about Sony coming out with the PlayStation 4.5 including their VR system. So I'm curious about that. I'm wanting to plunk down and just, yeah, have yeah, one here, yeah. you know, to to, uh, to use. But, gosh, it's, uh, as as Todd says, it's, it's only money, right? There's a yeah, money it is only money. Back. Yeah, sure. It's just, yeah, it's just growing out back. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. we're going to be, we're going to be good. Um, I've got one from uh, Richard uh, Durham. He actually just watched our pilgrimage, and then he asked, as a result, he asked this question, which I thought was funny. Most memorable accident, accident or and and or loss of control. Uh, what did you learn from the experience? Uh, <laughs> he's asking that because he just watched Pilgrimage, where I tried really really hard to wreck a BMW M235i in the rain on Spa. Yes, you did. Um, 
yeah, you're gonna do I it. Go I big, tried. right? <laughs> I, I, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go, go big, big, big. Yeah. Blaze, um, oh glory. Yeah. No, actually, and thankfully, I didn't. It started to go bad. I kind of caught it and recovered. Though I did have a moment of sheer panic, at least, you know, kind of the back of my head of, we've come so far on this film. Am I really going to ball up a car here at the end? I did have that flicker (laughs) through my brain. Luckily, it flickered through fast enough that I then recovered and didn't hit anything. I will tell you, the scariest part of that moment, if you've seen the film, the scariest part of that moment is that where I got the back out too far is... It's a blind, it's the, it's the source. It's the, the corner headed yep. into the start finish. Okay. Yep. It is, it's more, it's like a 130 degree corner and it's a massive down, uh, deceleration corner and a hard right hairpin and you can get the line wrong. Clearly I did. It was my first lap ever on spa in the rain with the trash control off. Are you seeing the progression here? Not a, not a smart moment. So I would say what I learned, Richard, is I should have left the trash control on for the entire first lap, even though it was driving me nuts to have it set, to have it dive in. I should have left it on at least for the first full lap. That was the lesson there. But the problem was that when you when you get it wrong at La Source, you're a blind corner for anybody coming in around a corner behind you. And where and also where I ended was not the pit lane that they use for F1. It was the pit lane they use for track days. Mm-hmm. So I had my nose headed toward the, the entrance of the pit lane, the, the on-track entrance, for everybody that was coming on from the track event. And then the back of the car was pointed toward where other guys were coming around La Source blind. So what concerned me the most was just the fact that nobody could see me. So that's why I recovered as fast as I did because I was like, I, I'm not going to hit anything. I'm okay, but I've got to get out of here because nobody's going to see me until they are right on top of me. So that was the spooky part there. Man, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that would have been, that would have been kind of, yeah, buzzkill. You're saying uh, that would that would have not been a good end to the trip for sure. Yeah, add some slickness, take away the traction control. Bake till it's, it's golden brown, add ice cream, and serve immediately. And yes. that's your recipe for success. So, mm-hmm. um, no, Richard, I have not had uh, any real massive or major or minor, really, anything. S- this question has brought up the thing that Todd and I have toyed with. And I'm, I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to try okay. to say it. Okay. It's the thing that you and I are talking about on track, where we're wanting to find the edge and what the edge feels like and beyond. To do that, you need a controlled environment. You need somebody else's car. You need, um, you know, a safe runoff area, essentially, on a closed track with, you know, full helmet, full race gear, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not saying – I'm not saying I want to go try to find an accident – but we want to find what is that fine line and learn what that fine edge feels like. Agreed. From the Agreed. if you go this way just a little bit, you're you've got the perfect lap time, the perfect it's you're just riding the edge. If you go a little bit this way, you are spinning off into the dirt. I'm not spinning, yeah. I want to spin off into the dirt and or more than that, I'm not trying to go find that. That is not the point. But, but to go find that edge, it's a it's the next kind of level. It's the next. 
You're bringing up a great point, though. I mean, one of the things, I hate to say this, and, and I am going to go a step further than you. You're bringing up a good point, though. The problem, the, the, the separation, especially on track, the separation between 9 and 10 tenths is hard to find. Where is the 100% level? Not 102% where you just outdrove the car. Where is 100%? Mm-hmm. Because if you want yeah. to do the fastest lap times, you're operating at 100%. Everything the car can do before things go really awry. And... And in order to really find that, I feel like you have to have done enough driving that you have genuinely screwed it up. You have right, to have been right. beyond your ability or the ability of the car and wound up in the gravel trap. But anytime you and I are on a track, we are either A, paying for the experience, or B, we're there at the, the blessing of someone who has given right. us free track time via right. Motor Press Guild or something like that, where if we wreck this car, it's going to hurt our ability to do stuff in the future. So I think you and I operate a lot, a lot at like 90% on track, 90, maybe 95 on track. I want to find 105, not because I want to hit a tire wall. I really, really don't. But I want to know what 100 is so I know what 105 is so I go, okay, oh, wow, it really can do that in that corner. Right. And you kind of have to have a blank check available to be able to pull that off. I hate to say it, but I wish there was a way. I mean – when we were when we were at the Nurburgring, somebody was telling us a story about how <laughs> one of the hardest people to ride with is Russian billionaires that come and rent track cars because <laughs> they don't care if they ball the car up. Yeah. And so instructors are terrified to ride with those guys because they'll ball the car into the guardrail and be like, I don't care and pay for it. I really care because I don't want to pay for it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, you kind of want to have that ability. But who has that ability? Yeah, well, racing drivers do. And that's about the only place you can find that short of being super wealthy, like you're saying, racing drivers mm-hmm. are paid to find that edge and go beyond. And if they do ball up a car, they are paid to take their life into their hands and the team will yeah. cover the expenses. That is Agreed. part of racing Agreed. from Absolutely. the lowest level of motorsports all the way to Formula One. You are paid to find that edge because it's mm-hmm. your hero or a zero. So yeah. racing drivers do have that luxury. Of course, the wealthy do as well. But I'm just saying it'd be interesting, and I think the way to work up to that is, you know, maybe benefactor or just the you know right time, right place, but through tires, That's, through tires. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do a Kickstarter campaign for Crash an Everyday Driver Car. <laughs> no, we're not. But no, we're not. We're taking donations so we could buy a car and promptly wreck it. Oh, look, there's the edge. No, that we're not doing that. But it would but be funny. Something yeah. that would take us there is tires because. You can True. start. You can go up through the levels to semi slicks and then full slicks, and the edge is so farther out there, but so much yeah. of a finer line when you're on full mm-hmm. slicks. You can take corners far harder, but then you know you're you're. But once <laughs> your you find the edge, you find it suddenly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say through through tires by virtue of tires, you know, working up through uh, something like that. So. Um, I, I'd say that's probably the best way to do it, if uh, you can call it that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the best way—the best way to crash a car, the, the best way to driver. find the yeah. edge, uh, or the best. Hey, hey, let's at, at least this? at least we got it on film. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> we should we should probably wrap but this man, up. And, sorry and about on. your There's, car. That was yeah. awesome. Bummer, bummer. But the video's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should probably wrap this up. Thank you guys for your Facebook questions. There are many, many more, and we will keep asking for them. But uh, we love the random discussion that it gets us into. That's always really cool. It's great. It's great. And don't forget the everydaydriver.com, the adventures tab. We want you on both. If you can go on the we pilgrimage adventure, 
If you are in Europe, if you're listening, we'd love to have you. It's an easy way to get there. But if you're in the U.S. Mm -hmm. or in North America, we'd love to have you along. So please do consider that, whether it's the adventure in Europe or the Chicago Track Day. Please don't forget that. Absolutely. Go read yep. more, uh, more info about that on our website. And uh, you can also contact us on the website uh, through about. So you can say about contact or write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail for your mm -hmm. own car debate. So thank you guys for writing in.